Thank you, worship team. Uh, you set the stage for us today. Um, who am I? The first question, who am I? You know, King David, uh, he starts this question in Psalm 8. He asks, God, who, what is man that you're so mindful of him? You know, Job in his struggles, in Job 27, he says, the universe is just a display of the fringes of who God is. Today our title will be on the pursuit of God. And I hope that we'll have the chance to answer many questions along the way as we uh, um, look at this question. I'm going to, there are a few passages that we're going to look at. Um, I'll keep uh, letting you know, so if you have your phones or your Bibles, please keep it ready. Or if you have a pen and paper, I would request, you know, write it down. Because, you see, God places us in our schools, in our workplaces, in different places. Uh, so we, he can use us. He, and he wants to use you in wherever you are. So and when you have time to engage with your friends or, or f- even family, um, it's good to use that opportunity to share about who he is. A few weeks ago, um, I'm sure all of you know Ireland qualified for the uh, Olympics the first time for hockey in the Olympics. And um, on RTE, they interviewed these uh, players. And uh, it was a, a good game. You know, if you're from India, hockey and cricket is quite big. And I'm really happy that even, Ireland, even in Ireland, it's, it's a big thing. You know, uh, they won defeating Canada. The battle was decided by sudden death. And there were two sisters, Bethany Carr and Serena, uh, Bethany Barr and Serena Barr. Bethany scored the crucial goal, and I'd like you to see this video and just listen to what she says on RTE. Of course, I can only imagine. Can you tell me a little bit about the cross that you that you draw on your arm? You you have it there yeah, tonight. Yeah, yeah. It just a, it, this is obviously very important to you. What, what are we looking at there? So um, it's a cross with the letters A O one. Yeah. Um, and I think that's something that's really important to to us. Um, we would really aim to play for an audience of one, um, which is Jesus, and our faith is something that's very important to us, and um, you know, I think that's something, when I went up to take the penalty, um, when we were 3-1 down, was something that I kept repeating to myself, was audience of one, because really? I knew if I missed, you know, our dream was no longer going to be alive, um, and I think it was something that kind of gave me a peace. You know, I wasn't doing it for myself. I wasn't doing it for the team. I was doing it for, for God and for him alone. Amazing. And that carries you through all the mm. way. Isn't it, isn't it great? And it's amazing. Did you see what she says? She says, I'm not doing it for myself. I'm not doing it for, for the team. I'm doing it for God. You see, we are all in pursuit of something. Maybe it can be in our jobs, in our schools, you know, in our relationships. We're all pursuing something. You know, uh, scientists are trying to find spending billions to find this God particle, billions of dollars to find the higgins boson particle, and they're trying to find what started this world. And as a church, when we came to Port Leash, you know, uh, we were looking for churches, um, where, you know, even before uh, choosing Port Leash, we were looking, you know, the first thing was, is there a church? And, you know, what do they do and stuff? And I saw that as a church... There was one vision. And I, if you don't know it, you know you have to write it down. Okay, The church, the Life Church, uh, Portley's vision is to know God and to share his love. 
what we are saying is everything we do in our church is going to be focused on this one thing we will do it with the focus on knowing god and sharing his love in um, i i love history um, in my school i i, I taught in history and i'll tell you uh, the us declaration of independence um, it says this we hold these truths to be self evident that all men are created equal that they are endowed by their creator with certain unalienable rights that amongst these are life liberty and the pursuit of happiness what they're saying is all of us it's an oblivious fact that are in us we have this search this pursuit of some longing that is within us a month ago i was meeting with gregory and uh, we thought we'll go out and we'll meet people and over the week uh, i was thinking about what i should what would be nice to engage people with to talk about and um, i told gregory you know what i'm going to talk about about dreams so we went there gregory did this funny thing instead of going out he said let's talk together and he put this question to me what is your dream for a minute i was thinking oh nothing I, because i never thought about it and then i said oh yeah i'll dream that i'll make a lot of money and you know be happy i'll tell you after that gregory i uh, god has been really speaking to me <laughs> and i'll tell you he's prepared me for this actually he's <laughs> he's he's prepared me for this uh, what i'm going to share for you share to you today because what i'm sharing is is as much for me you know um psalm 27:4 okay it says david is saying this one thing i have desired of the lord that will i seek that i may dwell in the house of the lord all the days of my life i'll tell you what david is not saying here he's not saying god okay i'm going to hand over my throne i'm going to resign and i'll seek you what he's saying is god in my circumstance circumstance this is my one desire the one thing i want more than anything else is to seek you and the question is same for us today you know uh, what are you and i going to spend the rest of our, our lives seeking to attain uh, if you look in the book of john uh, the first words recorded of jesus speaking is actually in john 1:38 what is it that you seek in some versions it says what is it that you actually desire jesus is asking his two disciples the disciples are hearing about jesus and you know they're all one looking at and and following him and um jesus looks looks at them and he asks them uh, what is it that you seek in those days being selected by a rabbi jesus was known as a rabbi uh was something big you know uh, paul says he was taught by gamaliel it is a big thing to be chosen by a rabbi you know and what jesus is asking uh, his disciples is what is it that you really seek do you seek just for his name or you really want to know me and and i think that's the same question again for us what is it that we are really seeking in uh, let's turn to ecclesiastes chapter 2 this is um solomon king solomon the most wisest and the most uh, wealthiest man he says i said in my heart come now i will test you with pleasure enjoy yourself but behold this was also vanity i said of laughter it is mad and of pleasure what uses it 
I searched with my whole heart to cheer my body with wine, my heart still guiding me with wisdom. Verse 4, I made great works. I built houses. I planted vineyards for myself. I made gardens and parks and planted in them all kinds of fruit trees. You know, um, in this chapter, Solomon is saying, I tried everything, yet my life was meaningless. He goes on to say in Ecclesiastes chapter 3, verse 11, he says, God has set eternity in the hearts of men. You know, that's how big our desire for God is. Someone asked uh, C.S. Lewis, why are you a Christian? Uh, and does it really make you happy? You know, he laughed and he said, oh, you know, a bottle of wine would make me happy. You know, but Jesus is much more than that. He fulfills me. He completes me. You know, both David and Solomon had everything in their lives. Uh, yet there was something missing. You know, the context of Psalm 27 is he's... Enemies are approaching him. He, uh, David says that the enemies, enemies are coming against him. Yet his desire is not for God to, to deliver him. He, God, David has already seen what God can do. His desire is, Father, that I will seek you. You know, and, and that's what God wants from us. You know, um, and that's why I, I believe that God created us, uh, is to walk with him and to have a continuous interaction with him. You know, David did not go to the priest for help. He went directly to God. And uh, many times we, we think that uh, just listening to the sermon or, or you know, uh, worshipping is, you know, it, those things can stir your heart. You know, they can make you think. But if you want to know him personally, you need to spend your time reading the Bible yourself and praying. It's not enough to just know about him. You need to know him. And that can only be done when you go and read your Bible and pray. So I want to encourage you, um, even as we go from here and this question is on your mind, um, seek him by you know praying and reading the word. When God says, seek my face, you know, what he's saying is, you know, David, by the way, um, his call, he used to pray seven times a day. But in the beginning of Psalms, it says, God, you say, seek my face. What God wants from us is a lifestyle. A lifestyle of seeking him. When God says, seek my face, it is so important, especially in these days, the implications are high. Because these days, there are so many things coming out that is slowly changing the way we think. In Matthew 24, Jesus said, there will be many who come in my name and deceive. What Jesus is saying He's not saying that, yeah, someone is going to come with a white robe, red sash, and beard and say, I'm Jesus. What he's saying is, he's saying there are many who will come and claim for you. And, and with so many concepts that, you know, it's going to divert your mind. So you have to be careful. Our search for purpose, meaning, fulfillment, identity, and love is all hidden in this one desire. You know, when John writes the gospel, um, the city was uh, bustling with, with uh, thinkers, yeah? And um, he says, the, in the beginning was the word. The word, um, the Greek word is logos, which we get the word logic from. What he's saying is, guys, listen, all this thing that you guys are thinking about, logos, which is thought, reason, and science put together, this God, the principle behind the universe from the beginning, has entered the earth, that is space, time, and history. 
the one who created the whole earth, he is here with us in the person of Jesus Christ. And our entire society is geared towards fulfilling our desires. You know what is the most searched uh, phrase in Google? What is love? The most searched phrase. And you can see humanity is literally searching for love. I grew up in, um, I'm from India, where 80% of the population are Hindus. Um, lived in the Middle East, where it's predominantly Muslim, and, in, and worked in an American ho- uh, hospital. Each place has its different questions, you know, and um, the three, there are three questions that they would ask in, uh, in the Muslim culture. One, the concept of Trinity. Where does Jesus say he is God in the Bible? And how can God be crucified? If he's God, how can he allow himself to be crucified? Let's look at Luke 15 today. And I want you to uh, think about it. Um, Jesus is meeting with the... He's sitting amongst sinners... Now the tax collectors and sinners were all drawing near to him. And the Pharisees and the scribes grumbled, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. The religious leaders are coming to Jesus and asking him, Who are you? They are hearing all these things about him. He's doing miracles. Is he a miracle worker? Uh, He's also prophetic. Is he really the Messiah? The Jews had this expectation of the Messiah coming to rescue them from their circumstances. I want to think of you, think of the story in a different way. Think of yourself sitting and eating. Here are the Pharisees, they're coming and they're actually asking, who are you really? In their mind, they're thinking this Messiah should be so perfect. And in those days, they won't mix with the the people who have sinned or uh, committed adultery or the prostitutes, the tax collectors, if you mix with them, it means that you're endorsing what they do. So they will stay away from these people. They were all, you know, left. So you're listening to this conversation, you're eating. You're going to put your food in the mouth. And this person is coming and asking, who are you really? And how is it that you're compromising you know, if you are God, how is it that you're compromising to go and spend time with the sinners? Now, the religious leaders are those who have studied the Old Testament. They know big portions of it by heart. So, uh, the question uh, is it's actually a complaint. How can you actually sit with those people? Luke 15 is a parable. One parable, four parts. Lost sheep, lost coin, lost son, and the fourth lost son. Jesus tells them the story about the good shepherd. You know what Jesus is doing? He's actually telling him about telling them about himself. What he's saying is So he says he said in the story he says he's a good shepherd, a good woman, and a loving father. 
we often think that these are stories for children but you see jesus spoke these as these parables as theology i want you to keep luke 15 and i want you to keep psalm 23 as well okay what jesus is saying is if you really come to understand so these guys they know psalm 23 okay so what he's saying is this is the story of the good shepherd the first line says the lord is my shepherd i shall not want he makes me lie down in green pastures what jesus is as he is telling this parable he's he knows who's listening he he knows that the sinners are listening to him and the pharisees are listening to him and he's saying if you really come to understand who who to know who god is you will have no lack as long as you have a good shepherd you will be led okay and then it goes to second verse he leads me beside still waters he makes me lie down in green pastures he leads me beside still waters spiritual needs you know um have you ever seen i grew up in a farm back in india have you ever seen a lamb drinking water if the water is rushing you know they have this wool if the water is rushing the wool will get wet what happens you feel heavy and you'll be you'll fall over so they love water that is still it's easy for them to drink what god is saying is i will give you green grass and still water when you allow god in the midst of all the pleasures of your life you know he makes it full of rest directional needs you know the next verse goes to he he restores my soul he leads me in the paths of righteousness for his name's sake you know the hebrew word they use for refresh is called shub which means to cause to turn in greek it's metonia to cause a complete shift he causes me to go the right way when the sheep get lost he guides them he changes the direction he is a good shepherd and he does it for his name's sake he not only takes care of our spiritual needs he also takes care of your directional needs and i know these are questions that i'm saying is when you seek god this is what happens emotional needs the valley of the shadow of death you know the sheep when they look at shadows they often think it's night time and they get scared what david is saying is even in the shadows of life my god will take care of me he will stand by me and lead us you know the staff and the rod uh, if the the staff is a long stick and it has a small hook and the side that is when a lamb gets stuck or you know um lost the shepherd would just you know pull him out of the bush or you know rescue him and he'll also have a stick so that he can you know whack the wolves and uh, things that come behind it's a scary thing but to know that god will protect you is one of the best things and verse 5 it says there is a feast your physical needs you know when um, the sheep gets stuck or lost they start crying and um, the shepherd goes and looks and um, he 
as soon as he rescues the sheep, he also gives them food because he knows the sheep was stuck for a long time and must be tired. You know, and David is using that picture that the shepherd will always prepare a table before my enemies. He's also holding the stick. The sheep is eating the food and he's holding that stick, preventing the enemies from coming near to him. You know, um, in the presence of my enemies, you honor me with a meal. You're the sinner sitting on the table and you're listening to this. You feed me publicly in the presence of my enemies. And the last one is eternal needs. He will be good for all eternity. There are two other places in the Bible that talk about shepherds. Jeremiah 23, he speaks about the shepherd. You can write it down and when you go home, I would recommend that you read it. He talks about shepherds and he also talks about bad shepherds. And in Ezekiel 34, it talks about the good shepherd. And it says, God says, I'm your God. I will bring you back and none of you will be missing. And he also says that he will come personally and cause my people to return. The word shab. And in the same chapter, he talks about bad sheep. God goes after the sheep because he's a good shepherd, not because of whether the sheep is bad or good. And if you look at Ezekiel 39, 34, 19. And you are my sheep. What Jesus is saying is, in case you don't understand all of these, let me be clear. And you are my sheep, human sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares the Lord God. You know, Jesus goes on to tell about the parable of the lost coin. And we all know the story of the son who came back. And he ends with Luke 15, talking to the fourth son. He explains to the fourth son about how his brother was lost, but now he's found. And he invites him in to come and join the feast. I found it peculiar this week that... We don't know actually if the fourth son went in or not. And I think God gives us that choice. He leaves it for us to decide. He tells us, this is what I am. I am your good shepherd. I'm the one who comes to seek you. I'm the one who comes to rescue you. And I'll carry you back. And I'll give you a feast. But the choice is yours. Colossians 1.16, it says, we are made by God for him. And this thing really made me think, if I am made by God, you know, um, as I was preparing for this, I was thinking about, should we speak about, you know, proving the existence of God? Or, um, you know, should we just speak about uh, who God is? And I was... It hit my head that, you know, sometimes as human beings, we often think about, you know, um, philosophical speculation of who God is. But we have the Bible. As humans, we don't have to look, you know, uh, philosophically. Because when you read the Bible, God will reveal himself to you, you know. And uh, Jesus promises that he is the source of life, the one who can satisfy the hunger that we all have. When Jesus, resp- when Jesus asks them, you know, what is it that you really seek? The next thing that he says is, come and see. 
what jesus is saying is when you seek him who is the truth you will see what life is you know the truth about us is we are all anxious we are all broken we are all in this part of life where uh, we want to make certain decisions we are asking god uh, help me am i making the right decision am i making the right career choice am i making the right decision to merge with this with this company and god says uh, you know come to me and i will reveal the secrets of what i have for you so we know that god exists and we know that we have to pursue him because it is in pursuing him that our life is complete how do we know him you know in john 17:3 jesus says this is eternal life that you may know him eternal life equal to knowing him so if you look at john first john chapter 2 peter john is writing and saying see you need to know that you know god when you're hungry you move towards food to your mom or dad or you know where there's food um you know so in verse 3 first john chapter 2 verse 3 he says you by this you know that you know god by keeping his commandments in second corinthians paul writes and he says you know um i've been shipwrecked i've been beaten i've been bitten i've gone all through these things but i you know i counted less for knowing him in second timothy he says timothy he says these sufferings are nothing because i know him and at whom i have believed the greek word that john uses to know is intimate knowledge personal relationship and that is what god desires from us how can i develop this kind of relationship through this year um we've looked at vision we looked at wisdom we looked at prayer we looked at work we looked at holy spirit we looked at the book of james all of these for me personally has directed me to knowing god and i hope it's the same for you as well and i'm going to look back at what pastor noel taught from the book of james chapter 4 verse 7 the first thing he says is submit to god if you want to know jesus the first thing is submit to him that means the word submit means to align yourself that is a conscious decision against the world to align yourself and always remember you know that god will not make the decisions for you that's why he died on the cross so that you can have freedom so we need to make the choices ourselves the second thing he says is draw near to god what james is saying is you cannot have a long distance relationship with god it won't work he says this must be your lifestyle and in some translations he uses abide in him the more closer you get to know god the more you will get be touched by him and the last he says is humble yourselves you know many times we are we focus all our strengths in lifting our name high um i worked in dubai and one of the the sheikhs said i want the whole world to know my name they asked him why are you building this tall tower burj khalifa and he says i want the whole world to know my name and the place of dubai many times in small ways or big ways we are working so hard 
to lifting our names. But you know, it actually it says, humble yourselves, and God says, he will lift you up. So when you seek God, when you draw near to him, when you humble yourself, he will lift you up. You know, and, and, and Paul goes on to say in Romans chapter 5 verse 8 that Jesus loved us while we were still sinners. In, I'm not, we're not going to read it, but when you go home, um, you know, can you read Luke 18.35 to 19 verse 10? There are two, two people that Jesus speaks about. One is the blind man. And um, when Jesus is walking on the streets, he's blind. And he's sitting at the gates and he calls son of David. People are looking at him and saying, stop, you know, what are you doing? Don't, don't yell. He's a blind man. He's gone to synagogues. He's listened and he's putting two things together. And he's calling Jesus son of David. Do you know he's the first person who addresses Jesus that way? Jesus calls him. He commands him. And he heals him. As Jesus leaves the city, he, go, he sees Zacchaeus. The one thing, I don't know if, if you've seen a sycamore tree. They're very sticky. And by law, these sycamore trees were pushed, were not allowed to be built in the city. They should be out of the city. Because it sticks to you like gum. And this Zacchaeus, who is you know, seen as a sinner by all these Jews, he's hiding himself in a sycamore tree. Imagine his condition. You know, and, and Jesus is going to him and he's, he goes to him personally and he says, Zacchaeus, I'm coming to your house today. That is God's love for you and me. You know, these days many things distract us. But Jesus, you know, he's saying, in your search for him, I will come and I will reveal myself to you. And I want to encourage everybody, you know, uh, don't be afraid to talk to people. I'm, I'm afraid, by the way. <laughs> but I, but I, I love to talk uh, with people I know, but with people I don't know, it's a little difficult. But uh, I'm learning. Everybody, everybody, especially in Ireland, love to talk. Really, I'm, I've, I mean, j- <laughs> not in a bad sense, you know, but that gives us an opportunity to talk with people, engage with them, you know, listen to them, and share your truth. There's something in business, I'll finish in a few minutes, um, that's called opportunity cost. In business, whenever you want, a company decides to merge with another company, they do this analysis called opportunity cost. They decide, if I merge with this company, I need to let go of certain things that I'm doing. And God, God wants us from that from him. You need to let things off, and if you want him. How you and I live our lives is a function of how we think. Knowing who God is defines who we are. And knowing him is more than just an awareness and information or experience. It is to enter into a relationship with him. So who he is influences what you do and where you're going. Who you are, where you're from, why you are here, all come from the knowledge of knowing God. Donald Miller, he wrote this book, A Million Miles in a Thousand Years. So they come to him and they ask him, uh, can we make your life a movie? You know, you want to make it a movie. It came out as a movie, I think, a few years ago. And this is what he says. 
the thing about trying to remember your life is it makes you wonder what any of it means he looks back at his life and he's like which one should i pick what really changed him what really influenced him what will influence other people about his life and he says the truth is if what we choose to do with our lives won't make our story meaningful it won't make life meaningful either either in a pure story he said there is a purpose in every scene in every line of a dialogue a movie is always going somewhere and you see god is writing your story you know and and he has a purpose for you and i my prayer is that as you seek him his purpose for you will be revealed i wanted to sing this song i wanted to ask dominique to sing the song but um i don't know if you are prepared there's is an irish singer the song is so famous he was blind it was written in the 6th century be thou my vision you know he writes the song in his blindness he's saying god you be my vision be everything to me riches i want not nothing else but i want you and this what he's saying is mary burn translates that song to english actually and he's, he what she said she said in her book is she says what he's saying is i want to see my life through god's eyes because that's where everything is fulfilled i hope that you know um um i don't know if you answer your questions have answered but i want you to know um that god loves you and he created you for his pleasure and your value comes from him sometimes we seek our value from things we do or what we have but eventually eternal life is what matters we're going to spend eternity knowing him thank you